I'm so excited that you are here today. For those of you I haven't had the chance to talk to or meet yet, my name is Eric, and I'm the youth pastor here at Core Church, and we believe that you have walked into a place of hope, of healing, of peace, and purpose, and I'm really glad that you're here with us today. It's one of my absolute favorite days where we as a church get to celebrate our kids and our students because we believe that they are the hope for our future, our kids and our students. And if you have your Bible with you, I encourage you to to get that out, whether that is a hard Bible like I've got or the Bible on your smartphone or smart device. Get that out and go to the Gospel of Matthew. It's the first book in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, I encourage you to download version. I think that would be really helpful for you. Uh, I'm reading out the New Living Translation. And also within that app of version, if you click the More section in the Event tab, you can follow along live with us in the app where you can uh, take notes, you can follow along with the scriptures, and you can also see what's going on and coming up here at Core Church. Well, again, in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew is the first of four Gospels, which were eyewitness accounts of things that Jesus said and did. And Matthew was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. And in chapter 18 of Matthew, if you flip there, Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 5, he records this story for us. Matthew 18, verse 1 through 5. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this chance that we have just to shine a spotlight on our kids, on our students, and on the next generation. We are so thankful for them and thankful for this place that just champions and rallies around our kids and students. And so, God, we just ask for your blessing as we continue to open your word. And I pray that as I I speak, that I say only what you once said, nothing more, nothing less. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, I, I love Kids Day, and I love the chance that we have as a church just to celebrate what God is doing in the life of our kids and our students. And something that I find really fun is the shout-out. Do you guys know what I mean when I say shout-out? So it, it's, it's done differently now than it used to be done. Nowadays, it is, it, it's kind of a big deal. So what a shout-out is nowadays is you would take a picture of somebody and post it on social media, or you would repost a picture that somebody's posted and post it on your social media. For example, I've got a friend of mine, and uh, he just does things that I think are dangerous and things that I will never do. And so I look on his, uh, his thread, and I just think they're great. And sometimes I'll repost one of his pictures and cut out his face so that it looks like it's me that's doing whatever that thing is. But I always tag him in the comments just so that if you see the comments, you know that I'm not lying because I want to be as truthful as I can possibly be. And it's his picture and it doesn't look any different than if I were to do it. And so I would say something like this in the comment section. I would say, hey, check out my friend. He's got mad skills on his thread. Or maybe you go and you get your nails done. You would take a picture of your nails and you would tag the person who did your nails in the picture and you might say something like this. Shout out to my girl. My nails be dripping. Lady Mama Bear 97. Something, something like that, right? Now, now, if you are sitting here and you're like, I have no idea what he just said. That's okay. I don't know half of what it is that I say most of the time. I get a lot of my lingo 
I get a lot of my lingo from our students. And here's what's really funny to me and I just find annoying is that when I say the words that they say, they laugh and they're humorous, but for some reason they don't sound as stupid when they say them. I guess I'm, what, what I'm trying to say is I've been told and I want to tell you it's just all about the delivery. Okay, but the shout out, I mean, it's huge. And not only can you tag pictures of other people, but if somebody tags you, you can repost that on your social media and your story and keep it going. If that's not enough, there is a website, and maybe you've heard of this, where you can go and you can pay what they call a shout out fee, and you can get a personalized video with your name in it that is sent to you in two or three days from a famous celebrity. Now, it's not like any celebrity that you can think of, okay, don't, don't be crazy, but it, it is a, it's a very limited amount of celebrities that if you go and you pay the shout-out fee, you will get a personalized video to post on your social media. Personalized video from Charlie Sheen, Troy Aikman, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and the list goes on and on. It's the coolest thing. But a lot of what the shout-out has become today is to impress, is to be done in a way to make you stand out and to be seen in a public way. For example, maybe some of you saw the picture that my wife posted on, Inst- or on wherever she posted, I don't know where she posted it. She posted it somewhere on social media of me uh, with the caption, my amazing husband. Do we have that picture? Can we put that up there? Yeah, there's me. And that is me standing next to our new mailbox post, which is the wood that's in the picture there, and the uh, new secure locking mailbox that we now have, which that's a story that we just don't have time for. But I felt really proud about this project. I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a very great DIY person, but whenever this project was finished, I felt really good about it. I dug the hole myself. I put the, the uh, stick in there, and I poured the concrete myself. I felt really good about it, so good that after it was done, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, this looks good. I said, you should take my picture. And so I'm standing there. No, I didn't do that. That'd be really weird. But she was proud of me, and she's like, Eric, I want to take your picture. I'm like, don't take my picture. I actually kind of hate things like this, but she's like, just stand next to it. Let me get your picture. Because here's the thing. The shout-out feels good, right? That recognition, that, that attaboy, that really feels good. And maybe for you, maybe it isn't social media, okay? Maybe it's whenever you do the dishes, and the entire neighborhood has to know about it. Or maybe it's when you mow your yard, and your neighbor's like, man, can you believe this weather we're having in, in June? It's just crazy. And you're like, yeah, weather's just... Hey, did you see my yard? Like, you just have to work that kind of into every single conversation that you have. Or maybe it's, maybe it's serving here at church. Serving at church can even be something where we're like, God, you see me this week? Both services, hashtag blessing. Like, we all want that recognition, right? We all want that, like, attaboy. Man, you're doing really good work. Being recognized is a good thing, and it feels good to get, to get a shout-out. And kids especially, they love that. But here's what we've got to be really careful about, is that anytime we get any kind of shout-out, any kind of recognition, we've got to be careful that we keep a humble spirit about it. Because this is not what the disciples are doing in this story that Matthew records for us. It's not what the disciples are doing. They are coming to Jesus, and they're trying to get Jesus to give them a shout-out. And they're hoping that Jesus is going to say, Hey, shout out to the disciple whom I love the most. You know who you are, right? They're coming to Jesus and they're saying, Jesus, hey, look, who's the greatest? Okay, I know that it's me. So if you can tell all the other people here, that would be great so that they can hear in a really public way. If you want to use the hashtag best disciple tan, I would really appreciate that. That would give me an extra boost, right? Like they're coming to Jesus 
with an obvious agenda. And they're trying to get Jesus to say in a very public way so that the people that are gathered around know that the disciples are the greatest in the kingdom. And not necessarily the kingdom of heaven. That's not what the disciples are thinking. They're thinking about the earthly kingdom that they assume that Jesus is establishing. And this is why I love what Jesus does in this moment. Because he listens to them, he hears them out, and he just completely flips the script on them. What does he do? In verse 2, it says this. Jesus called a little child to him, and he put the child among them. Jesus puts a child among them for everyone to see and says that you need to be like this child to even be considered to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus elaborates even further in verse 4. Listen to what he says. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said that we've got to become humble like a child. Now, why is this such a big deal that Jesus said this? Because in this time, in this culture, kids did not have much value at all socially. Like when it came to the social structure of the city and the social ladder, however you want to define that, there were the religious leaders, the political leaders, there were the men, there were the women, and then there were the children. They were the lowest, absolute lowest point on the social ladder. Yet Jesus says... If you're like them, you're the greatest. There's a, there's a letter written by a guy later on in the New Testament, a guy named Paul. And he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Jesus is making a big point for us here. And he's making it to the disciples for us to remain humble. We've got to be like children and remain humble. And then you contrast that with Paul's letter. And I wonder if we have put aside childish things. But I wonder also if we've put, away, put aside our childlike faith. Think about that. We've put away childish things, but have we put away our childlike faith as well? And here is Jesus in a very public way reminding the disciples and reminding us of what's most important, and it's to be as humble as a child. And here is why humility is so huge, because it takes humility for us to look to children and to choose to learn from them. I get that. It takes humility. Why does it take humility? Because that just seems backwards, right? Like That just seems out of order. For us to, to look to children for what we need to learn and apply to our life. But Jesus says it's so important. And we're going to talk about a few ways of why we celebrate kids. But the first one is this. And I'd like for you to write this down. We celebrate kids because of what they carry. I'll say that again. We celebrate kids because of what they carry. I want you to turn to somebody next to you and ask them, hey, what are you carrying? So Isaac is my youngest child, and he is six years old, turned six two weeks ago. And the other week, he and I were exploring the nature center in the uh, back part of our neighborhood. And as we're walking along, he's grabbing these rocks, and, and I assume that he's throwing them into the trees because once he picked them up, I didn't see him again. 
And the, the more that we explore, the slower that Isaac starts to walk. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. And then he'll, then he'll grab a stick, and he'll use it as a gun or a sword or a lightsaber. And these are just boys, I'm telling you. And as he's walking slower and slower, I'm like, man, he's really getting tired. I mean, as you get older, as a kid, you're supposed to have more energy, but it's like he's getting older and getting tired. I didn't know what that was. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll just make our way back through the neighborhood. And so we did. And we get home, and dinner's almost ready, like 20 minutes. But then Isaac, like, disappears, and he goes to his room. And if you have kids, you know that if they fall asleep before they're supposed to, that you're in for a really rough night. And so I just thought, I'm going to go in and check on him just so that I save my wife and I the sanity of him going to bed when he's supposed to. I open the door, and you guys, he had sticks all over his carpet in his room. And he had chunks. And I mean every manner of the word chunks of grass that he had dug out of our backyard and carried into the house and placed on the carpet in his bedroom. And as I open the door, I catch him doing this. He's taking these rocks out of his pockets and he's just dumping them all over the floor. And I'm like, <laughs> he's not asleep. I mean, I guess that's good. But I'm like, Isaac, what are, uh, what are you doing? And he goes, Dad, I needed these rocks for this battle that I just have to have right now. I'm like, battle? And he goes, yeah, with my stormtroopers. And I'm like, man, isn't that great? Like, Isaac literally carried these rocks all over the nature center through our neighborhood to his bedroom to transform his room so that he could have a battle with his stormtrooper fighters. Isn't that great what kids do? Kids carry things that help them transform the way they see the world. Isn't that amazing? Kids carry things that help them transform the way that they see the world. And that's worth celebrating. And think about it. As adults, what do we carry? You know, sometimes we can carry grudges. Sometimes we can carry stress. And sometimes we can carry worry. And it's like, that, it's like we can forget that we're in control of what it is that we carry. Think about that. We're in control of what it is that we carry. And I would, I would offer you this question to consider for yourself. What is it that I'm carrying? And how is it helping change the way I see the world? Because the reality is, it's changing your world for the better or for the worse. And I would encourage you that if it's not helping you change the way you see the world for the better, that it's not something that you need to be carrying around in the first place. We celebrate kids because of what they carry. And here's the next one. We celebrate kids, and again, yeah, write this down. We celebrate kids because of how they connect. We celebrate kids because of how they connect. So turn to somebody next to you and ask them, how are you connecting? And I'm not talking about dial-up here or internet. We celebrate kids because of how they connect. So there's a family in our church that's been coming for the last year, and the first time that I met Derek and Amy, I'm going to point them out. They're right here in the middle here. Just kind of wave so that we can, yeah. The first time I met them and their three boys, that's something that we share in common with them, which is fun. Uh, th their boys are Cooper, Miles, and Owen. And the first time that I met their family, it was just a lot of fun. I'm learning their names. I'm giving them high fives. And I bend down to introduce myself to Owen. If you don't know who Owen is, he was the kid that was right here that was just super pumped about his hat. <laughs> like, he, he's just... He's so much fun. And so the first time I meet, I meet him, I'm down on the ground like this, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? My name's Eric. What's your name? And he just kind of looks at me, and he kind of smiles, and he goes, 
<laughs> and just gives me a tackle like he's a linebacker. <laughs> and every other time that I saw him, I'd be like, oh, and how's it going, man? <laughs> when he would just kind of tackle into my leg. Isn't that great? Isn't that just the best thing? That's why kids are so great, because that's how they connect. They don't care about what you do for a living. They don't care about the weather. They approach a relationship based on the agenda of a relationship. Now, what does that mean for us? Do we go around tackling everybody that we meet so that we can connect with them? Hey, that's what the pastor said. <laughs> you know, you could be like that, that wrestling pastor that tackles everybody into the baptism pool. No, don't do that. That's just ridiculous. That's not what I'm suggesting, okay? I highly encourage that you don't do that. That would be really weird. You wouldn't connect. You'd actually lose friendship, so don't do that. What I'm suggesting is a shift to take place in our minds where we move from conversation to connection. Because think about it. As adults, we have a lot of conversations that don't always lead to connection. We've got thousands of friends on our social media, but we are lacking when it comes to relationships. So ask yourself this question. When it comes to my relationships, do I have conversations or do I have connection? And if we're going to grow in faith, if we're going to grow in our life, if we're going to grow as people, we need to grow connected to other people. We need those connections. And that's why we celebrate kids. We celebrate kids because of how they connect. And the last one is this. We celebrate kids because of how they care. I want you to write that down. We celebrate kids because of how they care. So one Wednesday night at Core Youth, uh, I'm standing by the door and saying hi to students as they're coming in, giving them high fives. And the high fives were getting less and less as more students came in. And, and if you don't know me, I, I love to greet people with a high five. It's just one of my favorite ways to connect. And it was very obvious that this was a different kind of night. Just by the way students came in, their body language, the things that they were saying or not saying, it was just very clear that, that students were stretched thin and overwhelmed. And so we go about our night, and then we get into our core groups, and I'm with the guys that are in my student core group, and as usual, I'm like, guys, what's going on? What's new? How's the week going? And one guy goes, man, I'm just so stressed out. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't even know how to process everything. We're just freaking out. Another guy goes, same. Another guy goes, I can just only imagine that meant me too. And then another guy puts his head down, and he goes, so my, my parents are, are fighting a lot. And it makes me sad. It makes me scared. And man, I really wish that they would just figure things out. And he just bends his body down and just starts crying. I mean, the kid just breaks. And then there were other students in the group that just Physibly, phys physically, words are hard, lean up and lean in towards their friend. And a few of them get up and they go over and they lay hands on their friend and comfort him. And before you know it, we're all standing in a circle comforting and caring for one another. The student's crying, I'm crying, we're all crying. And I'm like, we're 30 seconds into our, our core group time, like what happened? And here we were. It was a really powerful moment. And so as I'm standing there, I'm like, guys, let's, let's pray. So I bow my head. And because the students initiated this whole hands-on caring thing, I thought that one of them would pray. And then 
It felt like an hour later. It wasn't. I'm exaggerating. But it was a while later that one student goes, Eric, like, you're the youth pastor. Like, aren't you supposed to pray? I was like, I'll pray. So I prayed. But then some of the other students prayed. They prayed for this kid. And then they asked if there was anything else that we could pray for in our group time. And what I learned from that was that the way that kids care for one another is a really powerful thing. They don't, they don't care for one another in a way if they have time for it. It doesn't matter to them if there's time for it. It matters to them all the time. And think about as adults, as we get older, when people ask us what's going on in our lives, how do we respond? We kind of do this. Oh, good. Oh, busy. Right? Like it's this badge of honor that we have to carry around. When in reality, things aren't great. And for some reason, we feel like we just have to allow this weight of the world to come bearing down upon our shoulders. What we learn from our kids and students is that caring for someone matters all of the time. And it was the one of most, that Wednesday night, when you think about the structure and the, and the schedule that we have in place for our group time, we have that. But the structure and the schedule of our group time just didn't happen. But it was one of the most powerful group nights that we had. Why? Because the students were willing to throw out the format and care for one another. Now, I'm not saying to not have a structure, to not have a plan. I'm married to my wife, so that means that we have a plan for everything. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm saying that a structure is good, a plan is good, a program is good. But what do we need to not do to care for one another? Ask yourself that question. What can I not do so that I can care more for people? So that I can care for the people that are closest to me? What do we need to not do so that we allow ourselves to be cared for? You know, a lot of you in here are parents, and it's just within our nature to care for people, to care for people, to care for people. But then at the end of the day, the end of the season, at the end of the, at, of the, end of the semester, at the end of whatever period of life you find yourself in, who's caring for you? We celebrate kids because of how they care. And when you think about what we've, what we've understood of, of kids up to this point, of the way that they connect, what they carry and how they care. We've humbled ourselves to learn these things about kids. So what is it that, that we need to do about that? Because it's one thing to just hear it, but then it's another thing to apply it to our life. I really hope that, that you've heard something that you can grab a hold of so that when you walk out, you're thinking about, man, I need to change the way I connect. I need to change what I carry. I need to change how I care. Maybe for you, maybe you're carrying a weight, you're carrying a burden that just isn't even yours to carry in the first place. I would encourage you to let that go. Just even in this moment, as you're just breathing in and you're breathing out, just let that go. If you are carrying something in a way that is changing the way that you see the world and it isn't for the better and it doesn't glorify God, you need to let that go. Maybe for you, Maybe when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to the way that you connect, you realize that you have more conversation than you do connection. So maybe for you, maybe 
Maybe you realize you've got to be real with your core group, or you've got to be real with your friend circle, and you've really got to let people in and let people know what's going on. And it's scary to be authentic and to be real in relationships at times. I get that. But approach relationships like Owen does. Smiles, he chuckles, and he just tackles it head on. Maybe you need to change the way you connect. Or maybe you need to be really honest with what's going on in your life with people that you trust, with people that care about you, with people that you know want what's best for you. And maybe that means letting them in and letting them understand what's going on so that they can care for you in a real way. A lot of times we love to keep people at a distance so that they won't realize that we have kids that bring in sticks and chunks of grass that are probably still somewhere embedded in the carpet underneath his bed. We feel like we can't let down our guard and let people in and know what's really going on. Heaven forbid we be cared for in a way that heals our soul. Maybe you need to change the way that you care for people by making time for it. And maybe that means doing less things. Maybe that means programming just a little bit less. But here's what I've found to be true 100% of the time. When you make caring for people a priority and when you allow yourself to be cared for, when that is a priority, I think that you will be alarmingly surprised of what it is that you're still able to do and make happen because you've allowed yourself to be cared for and you allow others to care for you in a powerful powerful way. Maybe you need to change the way that you care. Because here is the truth about life, is that it just goes by so fast. And what Jesus is talking about here to his disciples and to the people that are gathered is that this this process of being humble like a child, it isn't just a one-time thing. Being humble like a child is this process that we learn and that we grow through as we go throughout our life. Because life goes fast. And we have to choose to continue to remain humble as a child. The other night, I'm tucking my boys into bed, and I crawl up into the bed of my oldest son, Noah. And a routine that I have with our boys at night is I ask them three questions. I say, what made you mad about your day? And I ask, what made you sad about your day? And then the last one is, what made you glad about your day? Like, what was really fun? And what was really different about this time with Noah is that he was just very, very quick to answer each one of those questions, which he just normally is not very quick. And here's how the conversation went. I said, I said, Noah, what made you mad? Nothing. Okay, fair enough. I guess that's good, yeah. What made you sad? Nothing. Like, all right. What made you glad? The sun rising. <laughs> I was like, okay. And something to point out, Isaac's birthday was shortly after this time. And so I said, I said, Noah, is it just weird that it's been Isaac's birthday and not yours? Like, has that just been kind of hard for you? And you guys, he just starts sobbing. And I mean, like, leaning against his pillow, trying to hide his face, just, just crying. So I'm sitting there for a moment, and I'm like, I said, Noah, what's, what's going on? Can you tell me how you feel? Are you comfortable doing that? And he goes, Dad, Isaac's six. Zeke is seven. And I'm going to be 10 in August. Dad, that's double digits. (laughs) I was like, buddy, you're right. I said, that is double digits. 
And he's still crying. And he just said, Dad, it just happens so fast. It's just all going by so fast. I don't want to miss it. Dad, tell me how I cannot miss it. Isn't that amazing? That's what we learn from kids. They are passionate about being fully absorbed in a moment. Whatever the moment is, they want to be as pressed into it as possible. They're so aware of the brevity of life. And as we get older, one thing that we can forget is that life goes by so fast. Like just the pace of life. I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning about how I cannot believe it's going to be July tomorrow. It's like we have all of June to kind of get into the rhythm and structure of the summer. And it's like, wait, let's just kind of let things settle into the summer, and then we'll figure things out after that. Oh, my goodness, it's July. If we're going to go somewhere, we got to go now, and it's camp, and then practice starts, and you've probably already been on your campus. You probably already know your schedule. Walmart already has the school supply list. There's just this flow that just never stops. And if we aren't careful, we're going to reach a point in a season of our life, and we're going to look back and go, how did we get here? And not like in a bad way, but in like a way that's like, I, I missed it. Like there were just things that passed me by. And what I'm going to continue to do, and what I want us all to think about what that would look like is, how do we continue to humble ourselves? Because again, Jesus is telling us here that this is an ongoing process for us to humble ourselves and learn from children. Have you ever watched a child just get lost in what it is that they're doing? I mean, it's like this, this weight lifts off of them and whatever it is that they're doing is so real. Like when Isaac was making that battlefield in his room, like, he probably thought Darth Vader was going to come charging in and, and, and at any moment, and he had to be prepared for it. Why? Because he is fully locked in and absorbed. And a lot of times, whenever I'm doing something, it's, yeah, oh, I know, man, crazy. <laughs> that is just nuts. What? Like, we just get so lost because we assume that that moment is going to happen again. But what we learn from our kids is that every moment matters, and we don't want to miss it. We don't want to lose sight of that. I'm humbling myself, and I'm learning from my son so that I don't miss it. And I'm going to be careful about what I carry and make sure that I don't carry resentment and that I don't carry a grudge and that I don't carry worry, that I don't carry anything that clouds the wonder of life in the way that I see the world. And I'm going to connect in a way that gives me real depth and meaning in my relationships. And I'm going to allow myself to be cared for and make time to care for others so that at the end of my life, I can look back and I can see the impact that I made and the impact that was made on my life because I cared for other people and I allowed them to care for me. What's your next step? What are you going to do to change how you connect, to change what you carry, and to change how you care? We have to do something. Jesus is encouraging us to remain humble, which is an ongoing process. So what is that process going to look like for you? Whatever next step, whatever change that you need to make, Jesus is just screaming for us to make it. Because if we continue to become like a child, we continue to become like Christ. 